Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts Peter Fendero and myself, Matt Slarchik. This is the Cup of News edition and we're going to talk about breast cancer awareness since we are in the month of October. We're going to talk about the staging, the grading, everything about it, some facts, some latest research that we found about breast cancer. So I'm excited about this one. And of course, some C19 stats. Always, dude. Always with the C19 stats. But it's October, like Matt said, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so we're going to touch a little bit on breast cancer. If you guys remember, I think episode like 28 or 27 or 26, we actually did a whole thing on breast cancer. We, we, talked we about, went in. We did a lot of research we on it. Ham. So if you guys are interested, definitely check that one out. We went completely and we talked about the stages, the types of breast cancer. Her two about status. Her two status. Talked about the uh, different genetic markers. A lot of good information on there. So we're not going to go too depth into it. We're just going to kind of just talk about it a little bit, talk about some news. And yeah, that's what, that'll be our breast cancer episode for, for this month. It's pretty cool. The breast cancer wear. Every October, we do a breast cancer awareness month. We, we, cool just, we, we those... just haven't been selling any shirts or any like cool products yeah. related to breast cancer, but that's okay. And for that episode, we actually bought a fake pair of boobs. That was a good one. It was good. It was, it was, it was funny. We, we actually taught people how to do a self-breast exam. So you guys want to know how to do a self-breast exam. If you know anybody that should, should do them, I think women above the age of 40 should be doing self-breast exams, right? And then, of course, us dudes should be doing like our testicular exams. Yeah, I remembered in the, sh- you know, you want to do it every single time after your monthly. Mm-hmm. You want to do it in the shower. You want to take your arm, put it over your, you know, the arm that you're investigating or the breast, you know, you want to put it over your arm and you just want to go in circular motion and I forgot which side you start on but yeah you just want to look for any lumps anything that's abnormal or something that you didn't see there last month that could you know raise awareness yeah yeah or if you have a partner they could do it for you you know nothing wrong with I never complain about grabbing a pair of boobs you know <laughs> ain't, ain't gonna you know ain't, ain't gonna say no this time so you know how we do it we start with the stats so US-wide there's about 8.6 million cases with 227,000 deaths and the top states being with the case loads is going to be Texas, has surpassed California again. Then we have California second, Florida third, New York fifth. Sorry, Texas first, California second, Florida third, New York fourth. And Illinois is fifth now with, uh, with cases, but with deaths, a little bit different. Deaths, New York still has the most deaths. With death-wise, New York is number one. Then we have Texas, California, New Jersey, Florida. Massachusetts. It's like the mortality that we always talk about, you know, as long as you're keeping the hospitals not in full capacity where we have enough equipment to handle the situation, it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah, I did a little bit of digging on breast cancer. Breast cancer, because I was actually in, interested on when the first case of breast cancer was, was diagnosed or found out. And it was actually back in 1600 BC in the Edwin Smith papyrus. So they just found these papers and somebody... The earliest recorded case of breast cancer was in 1600 BC. Wow. That's, yes. I mean, I'm sure that people have breast cancer before that, but it's probably one of those things where, because you know cancer, is, it's a tumor, so it keeps growing. Breast cancer, probably back then, the way they diagnosed it or the way they spotted it was probably like a big lump on someone's breast. Right? That's probably how yeah. they did it back in the day because they don't have any kind of technology that we have here, like GNA testing, like blood samples. They had health physically look at the, at the person, see the lump, then it's got to be cancer of that area. And they don't know that, like, this disease, like, metastasizes. Mm-hmm. So they probably weren't able to even pinpoint exactly why that person died. It was just, you know, part of the process. Mm-hmm. Now we're able to literally figure out, hey, you know, you had breast cancer metastasized to your chest wall, whatever the case might be. Now we have to do this, X, you know, course of treatment. Yeah. So in 2020, it projected that an estimate of 276,000 new cases of invasive breast cancer will be diagnosed. 
and 48,530 of new cases of non-invasive ca breast cancer. So if you look at it, so 276,000 new cases of invasive breast cancer, that's more, th more than we have of the C19 deaths. Like, I'm not saying all these people are going to die, but, you know. These new cases that mm -hmm. are appearing. Yeah, and if I was a female, I'm not, not saying men can't get breast cancer, they can, but I think for, for men, it's like one out of like 880 yeah, that get breast cancer. it's very rare. We have other yeah. things to worry about, like prostate cancer. Yeah, it's super rare, but if I was to get breast cancer or, or catch the, the virus, I'll probably choose a virus over, over that. But then again, I am 26 years old, you know, if I was a female. Good perspective yeah. there. I'd be a little bit more scared of the breast cancer just because it could metastasize. Like, you know, people that are in their twenties. Um, you gotta get don't your really breast, have... you know, in the future cut up or yeah. cut up, cut away from you. It's nuts. it's very it's very damaging to your image. But like C nineteen is isn't like the worst thing to catch when you're in your twenties. Yeah, my my family has it, man. Just like we we mentioned, they're doing okay. My grandparents even had it; they caught it, and they're just doing their little Polish remedies. Where my my grandpa had a sore throat. Dude, like, put, like, a bunch of um, garlic, onion, and honey. You know, they made a little, they made a little recipe and added some honey at the end, and it works for them. And they're, just, they're not even any, getting any kind of medication, right? I th So my grandpa has COPD, so I think he had to get an inhaler to kind of help him. That's mm -hmm. that's the only thing. It's mm -hmm. nothing um, too severe. Yeah, because my grandpa in Poland had, had C19. He's, he's better now, but he didn't give him any kind of medication. My mom sent him down Tylenol from the United States, <laughs> and that's Jeez. all he took. Yeah. Straight business, That's man. All. Yeah, he's he was eighty six, or he is is eighty six. It's his last year of farming, so it's so, <laughs> wild. Yeah, he, he has to say goodbye to the cows, bro. Mm -hmm. But did they um did they do any treatment for him, like the remdesivir or anything like that? No, nothing. But what they did do, because Poland's obviously in Europe, Central Europe, um, he did have a police officer come check up on him to make sure he's at home because That's what um, we do back there. Yeah, we talked we, about it. Because my grandpa doesn't have like a like a smartphone because a lot of times with this contact tracing and. In Poland, if you get C19, if you get the virus, you have to stay home. And the way that some people do it is if they have a smartphone, you take a picture of themselves at home. And they're being tracked on their smartphone in Poland to make sure they stay home. Wow. You know, my grandpa doesn't have that because he's 86 years old. He's a, he's, he's a farmer. He, he so has like the a, cops check in. He's got, he's got like, a, like a smartphone, like, like a basic smartphone where he, he just uses to, to call my, my family and things like that. Nothing like, no, no app related, nothing like that. Right. So yeah, so he has like police officers that like, come check up on him, make sure he's at home. That, that's some shit, that's some man. Some shit, yeah. It can't go anywhere. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're we're blessed in America with you know, and we still have contact tracing. Yeah, and but the thing is, like, the funny thing is, like, I was talking to my grandpa, and he's like, his number one worry is like, who's gonna take my animals out? You know, because because they got graze the pastures. You know, that's how these animals animals eat. That's how you get. You know, my grandpa gets sheep milk in the morning or whatever whatever he drinks, and his his main thing is like, like when I got on the phone with him, he's he's like, you know. You know, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna take my sheep outside. She's like, like grandpa, dude. Like, how much you worry about your health, dude? But right. this guy's like straight into business, straight into work. He's been doing this his whole life. He's just like, dude, how's 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 his work gonna get done? Who's gonna who's gonna feed my animals? Like, I need that's his routine. You know? And it's not like he doesn't farm because he has to. He farms because he likes to. Right. Like he would just go to the flea market and just buy a few animals and he'd raise them and then they would kill him. You know, in a few in like the like a few years down down the down the line or he would sell them and it's just he's just like what he, what that's he does why, that's why he's 86 and healthy mm -hmm. and he, it's like that he kept that going you know yeah. like that was his passion and he just kept continuing that's why a lot of people that turn 67 5 and retired they completely stop exactly and everything that they're doing and now they have nothing that they're passionate about excited about and they just like stagnate in their mm. at home yeah but let's talk about cancer so like what is cancer for those that are wondering it's a very broad term 
And it's basically characterized by abnormal cells that happens during like cell division, during the basic building blocks, something went wrong, correct? Mm -hmm. That DNA information that that cell had wasn't working, whether it's, you know, defect, it's a defect, let's just call that, and it mutates and it grows and it creates an abnormal cell. And these cells, when they grow the wrong way, they don't die as they should or they don't get filtered throughout the body and they're able to multiply, they're able to grow, spread, they're able to break away, use like the lymph system, which is basically blood vessels. It's vessels for the uh, cancer cell to spread to other parts of the body. Mm. And this is when damage starts, you know, happening in the liver or the lungs, the heart, the chest wall, whatever the case may be where this cancer spread. And that's called a metastasis. Mm. And that's like what cancer is essentially in a nutshell. Gets deeper than that, but, you know, we're not going to go that ham. Yeah, we, we did go that ham in episode 26 or in the 20s. But, yeah, once your cancer metastasizes, that's the worst thing that basically can happen besides having like a serious cancer like pancreatitis or not pancreatitis, but a pancreatic cancer that's basically un, unsurvivable. But once your once the cancer metastasizes, just because you get rid of, rid of it at that one location doesn't mean it's not going to be somewhere else. That's the scariest thing. Like when breast cancer metastasizes, like you could completely remove the, the the tumor or completely remove the cancer from that area. But when a physician says it metastasized and he says that you're you're cancer free, that doesn't mean that you're going to be cancer free forever because that, that cancer time. that's that yeah because that cancer could have moved to let's say your liver without you knowing without anybody knowing and a cancer is too small to be detected. Right. So it's not fully growing yet, but it's gonna gonna grow. So maybe. In 10 years, in five years, guess what? Now you might have liver cancer. You know how everything is down to the study of epigenetics, where it talks about how genes auto-regulate, express themselves differently, turn on and off constantly. Mm. So if you had cancer and you're in that phase of readmission, the question is, is how come the information that's that was given by DNA, by genes, goes wrong? Where, where What's the problem that the protein blocks that are being built in your body are not expressing themselves properly that's leading to this cancer. Because if you had cancer and you're still continuing the same things that you're doing, something is going to trigger that you know gene expression to create cancer again. Right. Yeah, and hopefully you're one of the lucky ones where if you are diagnosed with cancer, I'm not saying you're lucky to get diagnosed. I'm saying if you're lucky for this situation to happen is you get diagnosed with cancer, cancer did not metastasize, you got to completely removed, you're cancer-free. But the thing is, if you don't change your lifestyle or you don't change the life around it, you're already more predisposed to cancer. Because once you have cancer, you're predisposed to having different cancer in the future. Even though that cancer did not metastasize, just the fact that you already have those genes being expressed, that automatically puts you in a, in a state of those genes being expressed somewhere else again. Yeah. So if you keep, you know, if, if you, some of us live a healthy lifestyle, we get cancer, nothing we can do about it. It's just the way life works for some of us. But if you're in that state where you're, on like the borderline of healthy, not healthy, and you know you got to change some aspects of your life. Once you get diagnosed with cancer, you have to change the aspects of your life. Like it's no more like maybe this will happen to me, maybe that will happen, maybe things will just, just work out because things didn't work out. So if you want things to work out next time, hey, you should probably change some shit around. Yeah, and it sucks when I see when a couple of days ago I had a patient that was 17 and they had osteosarcoma, like a cancer of the bone. And it's like, fuck, you know, it's like shit sucks. It's like, why them? Why so young? They mm-hmm. didn't have the chance to like live and thrive. And it, it makes you question things like why does, you know, these things kind of happen. Yeah. But when it comes to cancer itself or the tumors that grow, not every single tumor 
is bad and good. Like we just have cells that just forget what they're supposed to do and they just kind of grow and it's called a benign tumor. It's not cancerous. Like benign, like if you think of BPH, like benign prostate hypertrophy, like yeah, there's a there's a tumor there, there's cell growth there, there's there's a large lump there, but if it's not affecting anything, then it's not really you know considered uh, to be malignant. It's benign compared to like a malignant tumor. So benign tumors are just abnormal cell growths yeah. that don't really impact anything. Because if you think of like a tumor, a growth, even though it's not cancerous, that tumor might impact blood flow. It might impact like your lymph system because it might put pressure on, on, on other cells. But if, it, if it's benign, it's not doing any of that. And you don't really have to worry about it until it gets you know to the size that that is impeding blood flow, things like that, cell growth. But malignant tumors, on the other hand, are cancerous, aggressive tumors that invade and damage surrounding tissues. So not only is this like a giant lump impeding blood flow, impeding, impeding cell growth, but it's also damaging cells around it. Yeah, you literally have another organism living in your body that's there to survive, and it's going to survive. Mm-hmm. It's going to keep on growing because it's using your own nutrition and your own blood supplies to spread itself. Yeah, like, yeah because your 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 vessels don't don't know that hey, this is a a cancer tumor. Let's not give it blood. Like it will feed it. And then what these tumors, we did million tumors do, they also create, like I said, angiogenesis, where they create their own blood vessels. And they literally feed themselves. And that's like the scariest thing. When we were talking to that one scientist, he also mentioned that they're trying to figure out how does cancer protect itself. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, when like a killer T cell from the immune system comes up to this cancer cell, it's for some reason able to turn off the, the tax system in the T cell, and it just keeps on doing its thing. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're still figuring out how does this cancer have this ability to just stay camouflaged to our own immune system, our own innate response. Maybe it's a CRISPR thing because, well, we could probably do it with, with CRISPR. I'm not saying we probably can't because, I mean, I don't know what we could do with CRISPR, but it sounds like a good idea. It's probably, it has, has to do with like the receptors on the cell. Like your body's not going to attack it, its, its own cells. If it has the same receptors, it's going to be hard to differentiate between is this a cancerous liver cell or just like an actual good liver cell, right? Because yeah. it technically should have both the same receptors. Should not. And if you look at what causes breast cancer, so we'll go into like the three different ways that breast cancer is formed. So one, damaged cells that are replicated, correct? So as we mentioned, cells have DNA and that's the wiring that the cells have. Somehow that gets disrupted, this pre-wired plan to grow and it grows the wrong way. And it's either could be bad or good, just depends on what happens with the mutation. Then the other way that breast cancer works is there's, our body hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and the HER2 status. For some reason, when this is fueled by like unhealthy balances of chemicals in our body, cancer cells decide to grow or benign or, you know. And that, that's interesting too because mm-hmm. in that podcast episode, which we'll maybe touch a little about, there is household products like laundry detergents and things that we consume that actually are hormone disruptors like sunscreen. So we just have to be be aware of what those are. Yeah, the thing is, like, if you use them in small amounts, it's not a big deal. Like, if you use sunscreen, you know, a handful of times a year, that's not the issue. The issue is, like, if you consistently use sunscreen, plus you're using uh, this, this bad fabric software that has the, the same carcinogens as your sunscreen, are now instead of getting it from more source, you get it in multiple sources. And, like, it compounds and eventually it could do some damage. Yeah. And the third one is, like, the lymph system that we mentioned. So that's basically our highway of transportation that carries like healthy immune cells, garbage sometimes that we need to clean up in our body and disease fighting cells, fluids and the cancer hijacks this highway and it uses 
it uses it to, towards its advantage to spread it in different parts of the body. And that's when it's hard to pinpoint the disease and how to actually treat cancer. And that's like the late stage when it metastasizes to different parts, stage yeah. like four. Yeah, and with, with cancer, yeah, you got the stages and the grades. The, the grades basically tells you how the cell looks. So like, I'm not gonna go through all the grades, but like for grade one, looks most like normal cells and usually slow growing, you know? So your breast cancer grade is going to be how different or how similar does it look to the surrounding cells? Like how different is his, is his liver cell? How different is his liver cancer cell compared to just a regular liver cell? What's the difference in it? And then the actual stages, they take into account the size of the cancer. How big, how did it grow? So whether the lymph nodes are affected, has the cancer spread anywhere else? So that would be your, your, your stages. I'm not gonna go into them like, like I said, episode 26 or 20 something is definitely free for you to go, we went in depth in depth. Yeah. But we wanna to touch upon a few little, little interesting things here, like the medication that they found and things like that. So when you look at like breast cancer, it's interesting because when we did the research, most breast cancer is not very genetic, just like we like to think, just like we talk about diabetes. Like there's actually type two is the most common, which is more based on lifestyle. And we're starting to see here that most breast cancers are related to the HER2 status, which mm-hmm. is due to a disruption in the healthy balance of hormones. So now we just have to reverse psychology that in a way and figure out why are our hormones being disrupted? You know, what, what in our current society are we doing that's causing all this hormone disruptors that we can't live a normal, healthy life? Yeah. Is it the oils? Is it the, the sugar? It's probably a boatload of things, maybe unhealthy exercise. We always mention this, but somehow it's leading to this. Yeah. Another big one is when they discover like the BRCA, BRCA2 yeah. two, um, receptors or like mutation in the genes. So everyone has a BRCA1, BRCA2. They, they help our immune system fight off different infections, different cancers, things, things like that. But the issue is when these things become, become mutated. When they become mutated, your chance of getting breast cancer is up 72%. If you have this mutation, wow, and that's great. Just just have these genes. I'm glad they were able to find find these genes and and pinpoint them because you can go and get like plasmo. What is it called? Plasmo um, synthesis. Is that what's called? Plasmapheresis. Plasmapheresis, and they can actually check if you have an abnormality in this, this gene. I believe. I believe they they could pinpoint that like that. That's pretty cool because if if you're one of those people that don't have the best lifestyle and you have mutation in your BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene and tell you, yeah, you have mutation, well, guess what? Now your chance of getting breast cancer goes up by 72%. It's scary, man. It's super scary. The mo- and the most way to, like, diagnosis is, like, mammograms and what people go to, you know? And I think the one that's completely undervalued, and this has to do with secondary medicine, is doing your own self-breast exam. It's yeah. very important. Like, create a routine for yourself if you are at risk or if you feel like, you know, your family is at risk because of, you know, your loved ones or your grandparents or whoever had it, just check, does not hurt. Yeah. And the, the scary mo- thing about the BRCA, real quick before we move on, is if you have the BRCA mutations, this turns into a cancer that affects younger women. So that's even scarier. Like, I don't wanna be a, be a dick or, or feel like I'm, out, being, I'm, being, I'm being mean, but if I'm a human being and if I get cancer at the age of 80, like I'll be more okay with it than getting cancer at the age of like 40 or 30 or 20. Yeah. Like, you know, like I don't wanna, I don't wanna say I feel less guilty for somebody that has cancer at the age of 80, but you know, like it makes sense. Like you, you lived 80 years of your life. Like I'd rather have you get cancer than somebody that's like 22. Unfortunately, yeah. and that's yeah. how I thought about that 17 year old with cancer, just like why, mm-hmm. why that person, you know? Just like a young boy, man, that's 
just growing. He probably can't play any sports in college. Yeah. Like imagine when you football, were seventeen. Yeah, you were in a hospital. You were out doing stuff, and this guy's this kid's stuck in there. And yeah, with he, he probably has, no way to cure. He has it. a porta cath because he's been getting chemo before. Yeah. Like that's messed up, man. Yeah, that's probably skinny, right? Like he is. Yeah, frail and stuff. I think that's a lot of people have trouble like with like trusting God and doing things like that, mm-hmm. and they lose faith with their you know, religious roots because they ask themselves why, why those people, you know, but it happened all over the world. Like imagine like the whole crucifixion times and, you know, people used to get stoned back in the day, you know, we at least became somehow civil where people don't get stoned, at least not that I know of. Yeah. Another cool thing I found online is in March, 2019, they, they discover this immunotherapy drug that they use with chemotherapy. It's called, so I can pronounce this right, atezolizumab, also known as tesentric. And that combined with chemotherapy is supposed to um, supposed to fight off triple negative breast cancer. Because triple negative breast cancer is one of the most most common ones. Accounts it's, for ten to fifty percent. What's it called? Most aggressive ones too, because all your hormones are negative. Mm-hmm. So they need to get specific treatment to target. Yeah, that. because the HER two is negative, and then the estrogen receptors are negative, and progesterone is negative. Yeah. So there's no way. So they can't use progesterone, they can't use estrogen, and they can't attack their HER2. So the that most is. common breast cancer treatments are out of the freaking yeah, picture. That's crazy. But they luckily they, they found this, and I'm not sure how effective this is, but I know this cancer also affects women that are younger than the age of 40. So a, a big push for this. I'm sure this is this is working out pretty pretty good because I haven't seen anything super negative about it. it hopefully that comes out. Mm-hmm. And I looked at a study as well, and it found out two, cos- two cosmetic chemicals that are causing damage to the DNA of breast cancer cells at a very low dose. And what what it is, it, it basically it affects the estrogen receptors. So they examined the sun mice, of course, and the mammillary gland, and they found out that these mice that were exposed to the uh, compound BP-3, it's called oxybenzone, and um, other PP, which is propyl paraben. So if you or get- parabens. Yeah, so if you get- um, makeup without paraben, that's that's very good. And these chemicals had a preservative that basically affected the DNA damage in breast cells. So that's a, that's a whole thing with like, let's just say, because these compounds are in sunscreen, correct? Mm-hmm. So we're taking sunscreen to protect ourselves, but yet it's like this double-edged sword where this sunscreen is actually disrupting the hormones. Yeah. So it's like it's like the thing. So if you're getting these bad chemicals from one source, it's different when you're getting getting a bad. It's different when you're getting these bad chemicals from one source. But once you start getting it from multiple sources, like they build up in your body, they literally build up on your body, and they cause you know free radicals, they cause inflammation, they can lead to cancer. So you got to be a little bit more mindful about the products that you use, the products that, that you eat, because like I said, it compounds. You might not notice it from your shampoo, but if your shampoo has it, your body wash has it, your laundry detergent has it, your sunscreen has it, like you're getting it four times. The, the dose that you know that it's like you could say that's deemed safe right you know because no products say that hey 10 percent of this product is, is is safe you know no no one does that i'm like parabens it doesn't tell you how much parabens you could you could use before you pass like the threshold of, of them being cancerous you don't yeah. it's not like a label on the ingredients and that, that's the problem so is it is it the sun that's causing cancer or is it is it the lack of our society that doesn't go and get enough sun exposure daily where one dose of that sunlight in that day could cause a lot of issues like sunburning? Yeah. I don't think it's one or the other. I mean, we're humans. Like, if you're more predisposed to, you know, skin cancer, you probably should put on sunscreen. Yeah. But if you're more, 
uh, prone to breast cancer, you should probably minimize those cancer-causing things. And that's what it is. You know, we have research here and we talk about it and these are the facts. Hey, this chemical is probably causing cancer. But if, you're, if your skin is very sensitive, you know, the benefits outweigh the risks, you could probably use some sunscreen because you're going to get burnt and it could cause a lot more damage. So it's not one size fits all, just like we always say. Every information that we take, take it with a grain of salt and use it wisely. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I wanted to mention is I actually found something very interesting. It's called the intramural administration. So they're, they're piloting the study. They're actually looking for 60 or for six women to enroll to have invasive breast cancer. What they do is they take a live unattended polio vaccine like virus and they take the internal ribosomal entry sites out of it. And, they, and it's, it's getting derived from the rhinovirus type 2, human rhinovirus. So they're, they're taking a virus, they're taking the, uh, the compounds of it, they're going to inject it around to where the tumor is. And supposedly that's going to cause inflammation, which will initiate this adaptive immune system in our body, which actually will take the cells to, um, the, the T cells to destroy the cancer. Mm -hmm. So this is a pilot study. This is not even... This is something that they're doing clinical trials trials for, but it sounds very interesting that how they're using a virus to kill off cancer. Yeah, I think they use viruses for like a lot of things. It's just like uh, obviously it's like a, a virus that's not um, not living, not alive. They just use it because viruses have a unique way of getting into into our system and getting into a specific cell, just because of the way viruses work and the, and the way they spread. So it's very very interesting. Maybe have a viral, virologist here in the future. Let's do it. We're almost there. We're, we just have to figure out a live stream and we'll start getting on yeah. these high-quality guests. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. we got to get back to doing other things. Much as we want to be here and talk to you guys. But make sure to check out our vlog. It comes out every week. It's about our travel nursing experience, about nursing in general. Talk about some nonsense, some cool activities. But, yeah, make sure you like, subscribe on YouTube. We're on YouTube if you guys don't know. We're, we're growing. Everyone. We're getting up there. And we're finally having the website done in... The next week and a half is the goal, which our guy told us. So we're going to keep that deadline. I'm going to strangle the dude if he doesn't get it done. So, yeah, we'll chat next week, guys.